0: You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Todd Lesher, your host, and it's always good to be with you all. Today we're talking about moms and their relationship with their daughters with Amanda Doherty, Amanda is a Christian family coach who lives in Colorado. She has worked with teenage young women and their mothers for over 10 years in a variety of roles, from teacher to mentor and youth leader. Now she's offering her insight and encouragement to moms online through her platform, Dream Set Achieve. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. Thanks for being with us.
1: And thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. Well, Amanda, why don't you introduce yourselves to our listeners?
1: I'd love to. Um, My name is Amanda. Again, I live in Fort Collins, Colorado. My husband and I were just um, transplanted from Wilmington, North Carolina, where we spent the last 10 years of our lives. And we moved here with the intention of helping to plant Overland Church. And so that is why we're here. And um, since moving here, I have become a work-at-home mom. I get the opportunity of writing and editing, and that's primarily what I do. And um, I have recently opened up this particular platform called Dream Set Achieve, and, and that's why we're here.
0: Perfect. Well, this is exciting. So thanks for taking the time out of your day and coordinating schedules so that we all could get on the same page to share this. I'm excited to share it with our family. So tell us a little bit more of the backstory behind Dreamset Achieve.
1: So Dream Set Achieve is the culmination of about 10 years of experience working with moms and their daughters. Um, I started out in the youth ministry role, and so I worked uh, predominantly with high schoolers and eventually transitioned over to middle schoolers about three years in. And there were some things I noticed very early on. Number one, um, I had been used to working with younger kids, and there was a massive uh, learning gap, I guess, when you start working with high schoolers, because things are very black and white when you're a kid. And then you work with uh, high schoolers, and they're asking these impossible questions that, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. some of the most adequate theologians in the world still don't know the answers to. So you have to be okay being uh, able to say the words, I don't know, Mm -hmm. but I'm going to pray through this with you, and let's do some research. And so it's such a fluid relationship, but there's so much give as well as take. And so that was where I started to learn this is a whole different animal, and I absolutely loved it. Now, when I switched over to middle school, that's where I went back to school to receive a, uh, a master's in middle grades education. And okay. so in doing so, I learned a lot about the teenage and young adolescent brain. And when I learned more about how they're wired, it gave me a lot more grace for them. But it also showed that there are some massive gaps in understanding between um, a typical mom that wouldn't necessarily have that research-founded background and um, and looking across the dinner table at this young woman, who she's now in, entrusted with to work in almost impossible mm-hmm. questions and situations, and and have the grace to to trust the Lord to do it. And so, dreams that achieve was essentially created just to be a a primary resource to advocate for moms of teenage women who are going through either really uh, challenging conversations, challenging life stages, or just events that tend to occur in that age group. And so I want to be an advocate. I want to create a community of moms who are able to say the words, I don't know, hmm. and be able to illustrate and model the gospel in all of those difficult situations by relying on the grace of God yeah. to get them to of that.
0: That's really good. So uh, tell us the significance be- behind the words there of Dream, Set, in Chief.
1: Well, I think so much of of parenting is casting vision mm-hmm. for what your daughter or what your son, I'm, I have a boy at home, so yeah. I have to make sure I include them here. And um, so much of that is casting vision for who we believe the Lord is going to call them to be one day. But we also have to open our hands, you know, to the mm-hmm. Lord and say he's, here she is ultimately going to be exactly who you designed her to be. She is a, a totally unique individual with dreams and hopes of her own. And so um, there does become this transition where we have to start really kind of opening our eyes to see who exactly is this young woman becoming? And how can I help her to identify what dreams God has planted in her own heart? And how do I allow her to um, achieve them? So it's almost like a backwards design for learning. You're starting mm-hmm. with the end in mind and creating goals and tasks that are going to allow her to see that step-by-step, day-by-day, she can achieve the goals through the power of the Holy Spirit and through a plan. And so creating intentional goals and tasks for moms and allowing them to really open up their hands and release the, the control that they so want to have on under girls. And I get it. I'm, I'm a mom as well, and I hold it cinched tight, and yeah, my husband is, yeah. is very reminds me of that. So praise the Lord for husbands
0: mm-hmm.
1: who are able to do that a little right,
0: faster. Right.
1: So that's really where the vision for the the name came out
0: of. Yeah, and I, and I love that because when I think about the dreams that I've had for my life, I often get discouraged because I don't focus on the set piece. It's like dream and maybe I'll achieve it. What you're talking about, let's put some structure and accommodate the relationship between a mom and her daughter so that together they can work on this and that a mom can help her daughter accomplish these things, or a father can help her daughter to accomplish these dreams that they have for their life that God has put in them, which is really Absolutely. awesome. Yes.
2: Absolutely.
0: Thanks for getting into that. So um, as you roll out Dream Set Achieve and some of the uh, things that you're providing and the resources, if you look down the road, whether it's you know uh, parents start to engage in this in middle school or in high school with their daughter and then four years later or seven years later, what are some of the hopes or some of the visions that you see for moms and their daughters who engage in this program?
1: So I would, I would answer that with a question. So if you were to think back to college or your first year away from home, was there a moment where you had a, a thought where I wish my parents had mentioned that to me, mm, or I
2: wish
1: that I had a plan. And so, so many times when they go off to college and, 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 usually the first time that happens is when they get their first, um, like student loan bill after college.
0: Yeah. Oh yes.
1: Yeah. Had that conversation before mm-hmm. who's paying this, how much is that actually going to be a month? Is that in line with the the curriculum that I've chosen to pursue? And so there always becomes this moment where we wonder, I wish I had thought to mention that. And the parents are likewise thinking the same thing. I wish I had brought that up when I had the chance. And so does that mean that there's this rule book of what you need to go through in middle school and high school? Not necessarily. And does that mean that God can't use those situations for his good? Absolutely not. He's got it. Mm -hmm. However, there is a, a, a hole that we're starting to see specifically for young women in high school where, um, I read a, a study actually that up to 30% of young women who go to college their freshman or sophomore year will come home either crippled by anxiety, depression. Mm-hmm. Um, they That is an epidemic for that age group. And I think a massive reason why is because they are not prepared for basic life skills. Right. That used to be very much the norm when um, when parents and, and their kids would kind of partner along together in very day-to-day lives, but we've become so busy, and our lives have, you know, we're spinning more plates, and technology has kind of come in, yeah. so it's just adapted the way that we parent, and that is not a bad thing. It just, it's showing now, I think, years down the road, we're starting to see where there are some gaps that need to be addressed. And so my hope for dreams had achieve is that there would be courses and resources that are just pointing things out saying, Hey, you have four years. Here are the five major contributors to why students will come home and think they are not prepared. Mm. Why don't we address this now? Let's come up with a plan to get those in line now. So talking about budgeting, basic life planning skills, how to use a planner those are skills that have kind of fallen by the wayside um, many times because of, of the way that education is now structured and the amount of time the teachers no longer have with them. So we really have to think, what are those gaps and how do we address them?
2: Yeah. And
1: so I would, I would love for this particular platform to allow parents to send them off feeling like they've had those most important conversations that are going to shape the way that their their son or daughter becomes um a young adult.
0: Yeah, instilling the confidence in them that they can succeed in fulfilling or achieving their dreams. Exactly. That's really good. And I imagine that parents feel a similar or ask a similar question like, I wish someone had told me this, or was anybody gonna tell me how to parent, you know, <laughs> how to raise a middle schooler or a high schooler so they're prepared for adulthood. Because, uh, and I love that you brought up the stat, because I've heard it as well, where there are no parents in college, right? Your Mm -hmm. parents don't go along with you to college, but you show up to college and like, where's mom and dad? You know, who's going to make my (laughs) meals? Who's going to wash my clothes? How do I get a job? All that sort of stuff. So talking about giving them the skills to help them succeed when they uh, launch or move out is really, really important. Mm -hmm. Well, let's get into some of the content that uh, you're promoting and that you've provided and so to all the moms and to our listeners out there, if you visit the Dreams That Achieve uh, Facebook page or Instagram account, first thing, uh, Amanda, your, your your content is very beautiful. Like you got Thanks. like a nice theme or whatever the right? like design to it. It looks great. So go check Thanks. that out for one. But you'll also see uh, Amanda's most recent webinar, The Three Secrets to Soften a Teen's Heart. So tell us a little bit more about the series
1: this series is probably attacking the single most common question I received as a teacher. And that was when a parent would walk in or just even in carpool line, when I was holding the walkie talkie and calling the right students out, they would be, how are you getting through to my daughter when I can't? Hmm. And I said, Honestly, it's because you're the mom and I'm not. Yeah, yeah. So there's this, there's this wall that create that is created, and it's totally natural. And I don't want to imply that anyone is doing something wrong to create that. That's just part of parenting. There's this relationship where you see the good, the bad, and the ugly, of mom, and you see it of your daughter, and that just creates sometimes these walls. And even if you say something a thousand times, and mm-hmm. the student's favorite teacher mentions it one time, <laughs> it's just, you know there's that different relationship yeah. there. Um, but there is a, a common trait that um, this belief that young adolescents and adolescents are incapable of having deep conversations. Mm. I think that's a belief that is actually stemmed from the enemy that kind of plants itself in our hearts. That if I can't pull this off on my own, obviously she's not capable
2: yeah. of
1: it. So whereas the, the heart behind. This particular webinar was how do I soften the walls around my daughter's heart, whether they were planted there by her, or whether they're a result of me miscommunicating, sure. or just habits, or a posture that I'm emulating that's making it appear that I'm not interested. And I think, as um, especially middle school, like that's the age where, okay, it's pretty consistent throughout elementary school the amount of brain development, but then as soon as young adolescence hits, mm-hmm. there is more that goes on in the development of the brain at that age in life than any other age except infancy. Mm -hmm. So that is like, suddenly you're looking at your daughter one day and then a week later, she's an entirely different Mm -hmm. being that you're having to try to catch up and play, uh, like just, you're trying to play catch up and it's so difficult to do that. And so, um, the, the course itself is broken down into three modules, how to make her feel known, how to make her feel heard and how to make her feel seen. Okay. Key word there is the word feel.
2: Okay.
1: Because you as a mom know that you know your daughter, you know you hear your daughter, and you know that you see your daughter, but she might not perceive those things to be true. Mm-hmm. And so what are some practical strategies we can make to help encourage her to know that, okay, I see you, I see what's good, I see what's bad, I see your dreams, I see the trajectory you're going through, I see your independence, I want to come alongside that, and I love you anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think is so vital is to, to actually acknowledge that she has faults so that she can let her guard down and allow you into those faults so that she herself can be able to say, Hey mom, I'm struggling with X, Y, or Z. And you say, I know. I, everyone struggles with that at some point. I struggle with X, Y, and Z too. So there's this exchange of vulnerability there. You're, you're taking down this black and white wall of parenting and you're allowing it to be a little more transparent so she can look into the process that you as a parent have, um, especially because you are the most influential person that you in the life of this young woman, because no other person is going to have a front row seat to a, a biblical woman in the home mm-hmm. who who is raising a daughter to be a warrior of God who is being a spouse to a husband with a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's her only source of experience. She might dabble in other pools and be able to create this picture, but ultimately her default will be very much, you Mm -hmm. and no pressure.
0: Yeah, 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 seriously.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No pressure, pressure, but the good news is the Lord is going to work through it anyway. And so, um, what are some habits we may have instilled in our own selves that are, is, is creating this, this wall and you cannot control her reaction, but what you can control are simple things like. Um, your body posture? Are you looking at your phone consistently and kind of creating this barrier um, that she's perceiving as she's too busy for me? Are you, um, do you have a look of disappointment every time she brings up something important to her? You know, those defaults that just kind of creep in as she progresses in age over you know 16 years. Um, she's created this, this idea of who you are and how you'll react to something. And sometimes we have to prove them wrong. Yeah. And that takes intentional effort.
0: Right. Uh, well, let me just say, those last five minutes were just a goldmine of insight and information, seriously. And so I'm going to pick apart a few of those just to sure. reflect a little bit more. When you made the comment that uh, parents can have deeper conversation with their kids, my, my initial thought is you you and I both know that as parents, we can get easily sidetracked by the day-to-day things. It's like, okay. I think about my, my sons, I'm just thinking about, did they pack their lunch? Did they put on deodorant? And are they wearing clothes to school? <laughs> <laughs> and no, I'm not even a- worrying about the deeper things, you know? So what, what you're saying is like, okay, those, those, the routine things that happen every single day, they matter, but don't lose sight that as a parent, you can have those deeper conversations. So uh, thank you for reminding us of that. And then when you talk about the seen, heard, and know, what you're saying is that the foundation of those deeper conversations is the relationship. So you're giving mom the tools to go, hey, because of the brain development that's happening, because of the physical development, emotional development that's taking place, you're going to need to prepare yourself relationally to engage with them so that you can have those deeper, meaningful, enriching conversations. Ah, that's so good. So hopefully that's worth the podcast right there, listeners, that you go check out Amanda's material, uh, because I think we all need that. We all need coaching in relational intelligence, emotional intelligence, and especially when it comes to parenting intelligence. And so you've got some of that stuff right there. Well, without giving away all your content, what are one or two practical steps moms can take to make their daughter feel seen, heard, and know so that they will feel loved?
1: Well, I'm going to go back and and play devil's advocate with the point you mentioned. Um, You said that, and this is totally true, that we we tend to get focused on the routine Mm -hmm. and lose sight of the deeper conversations where we can actually merge those two things together. So how do you teach a child to budget? You don't have to have an executive meeting
2: Mm, at a
1: coffee shop to have that happen. You can simply say, hey, from this hour to this hour, I'm going to be sitting down in a visible place working on my budget or working on uh, filing all the receipts or however you do that. So that there's just at least this very simple acknowledgement and opportunity for her to come over and say, hey, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because so many times if you do it in a visible place and don't put it off until like, oh, I'll just do this when the kids go to bed. Yeah. Many times we do that. And even as a parent, I know, um, even as a parent of a three-year-old, I have, um, a tendency to put some of those routine things off the back burner and wait until he goes to sleep whereas how valuable would it for, be for him to acknowledge that there is a time to play and there's a time to work mm-hmm. so to see me visibly sitting down and doing some work then closing the computer and working and, and playing again or doing chores right and we yeah. like to think just put the dishes away eventually that you know eventually they'll grow 18 and they eat the dishes again.
2: <laughs> but
1: that's yep. what happens. The kids don't know how to do the dishes or they tend to put it off for things like play. And, and that actually creates this habit that you then experience when you meet the brunt of the high school mm-hmm. drama phase. And yep. so that routine right there, I think is, is one of those opportunities where if you're just intentional about making yourself available in those moments or, um, and it, it creates authentic opportunities to yeah. talk to them because yeah. there there's no greater radar for authenticity than the teenage female. Um, she can be through it like crazy. And so if, if she sees that you're authentically working on something and she has an opportunity to come and sit down and do that with you, or if you create a space in your daily routine, like Right after school, the moment that she hops in the car in carpool lane, you don't have your phone. The first words you don't say to her are "I'm on, I'm talking." <laughs> you no, know, you're saying, "Hey, how was your day?" Yeah. And come up with three you know, intentional conversation starters to get her talking, so that she knows either the ride home from school every day is the time that she gets to spend with mom, or maybe that's dinner time, or maybe it's when you're fighting over the the bathroom sink in the morning over the hair curler and the straightener and the makeup and just create intentional moments in those authentic real life situations so that those deep conversations feel more natural yeah. and
0: less. <laughs> so you're kind of tapping into the Deuteronomy six idea when, uh, Moses presented the, the law, uh, to the Israelites. He said, mm-hmm. talk about this with your kids as you go along with life. Yes. And I love that you said you don't need to have an executive meeting. All right, every Sunday night, we're going sit to sit down for the parent lecture, how to be an adult, but how you go along with life, you know, is to work these things in, in, not just along the lines of budget planning, which I do remember that my dad sat down with me, and he said, hey, three envelopes, you know, save,
1: <laughs> spend,
2: <laughs> and give,
0: and I, and I was still using the... Uh, the envelope method when I was in my 30s, you know. <laughs> but I, I remember that being something significant. And so there's not just life skills, but there's also spiritual practices like that as well. And I want to uh, bring in a question uh, that I should have asked at the beginning, but you're a coach, you're a family coach. So I, What does that mean in the first place? Because I'm like coach sports. All right, so you know, parenting. You know, anyways, I'll make a ridiculous metaphor about parenting and sports. Anyways, I won't go down that route. So, what does a coach do? And then, how does your faith incorporate into your coaching?
1: Right. Well, I'm actually to hop onto the sports coach because I think there's a reason why it's called a coach. Um, I swam for ten years competitively, and my coach, his name was Paul. And when I think about a sports coach, you know, everyone can envision the moment where. Um, they take inventory of where you are. They try to help you understand where you're trying to get to mm-hmm. and they come up with a plan to get you there. That's, good. that's essentially what every single coach is going to do. Now, is he going to jump in the pool and swim my event for me and hand me the mm-hmm. medal at the end? Yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah, that was me. Um, but if I did it, he was my greatest advocate, my greatest motivator. He would challenge me with questions. He would bring up things. Um, he would study facets and techniques of swimming that I'd never considered Um, you know, you don't know what to ask until you know what to ask. Right. right? And so, um, a coach in many ways is going to kind of shape the trajectory that you're going in and ultimately it is in your hands. I am not a self-help guide. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's specifically why I'm doing Christian family coaching is because I took two seminars at a, um, just a, a regular coaching course and I, my skin was crawling at the end because essentially what they believed was that a human being is, um, entirely, in control of the future of their lives. When as a Christian, I know that that's entirely not the case. And so I know that if I look interior inside to find my own desires, I might just be putting myself into a spiral of chaos. Whereas if I look outside into scripture, if I look into, uh, if I pray and look at the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, what are your desires for my life? Um, that is what's going to get me in the direction that I'm going, because it says that if we're following the Lord, then his desires become our desires. And so I think in so many ways, some of the reasons why we see teens fall apart in in uh, middle school and high school years is because they're afraid to dream big enough. Mm-hmm. Those dreams that are in there that are not going away as time progresses, those are maybe the dreams they should be chasing, not the dreams for Popularity or being the best person on the sports team,
2: right. and
1: so, um, and that's really where helping them to tap into the dreams that God is planting in them and has created them to achieve. Mm-hmm. Because God does not waste anything, and so if yeah. you put those dreams on the table and those gifts on the table, and they might not know those gifts are there, so a mom can speak into that, and what an amazing opportunity that would be.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and so that's really what what a coach, what it, my perspective of a coach um, should be, and. Yeah. There's some amazing ones out there, and I've tended to focus specifically on moms of Mm -hmm. young women because I have a heart for um, women's ministry. And I think there's no better way to do that than to partner alongside the front line of defense for young women, and that is the mom.
0: Yeah, that's really good. And we talk a lot about one of the roles of parenting through the phases is that of a coach, right? Mm -hmm. Just like you said, is that you can't live their life for them, but you can give them tools and skills to help them live with confidence uh, so that they can succeed. And uh, the thing that I, I, you know, I heard you emphasize when it comes to coaching is the idea that you are along with them. And so just like your coach is not swimming the race for them, they're not living uh, their life for them in that way. And so when it comes to the idea of doing this perfectly, because when you use the coaching analogy for sports, right mm-hmm. we can see a scoreboard or we can set a time in swimming, but coaching when it comes to parenting right is a little bit differently a little different and I as a parent myself, I would love for them to be a you know magic trick or a secret formula uh, <laughs> for Figuring my kids (laughs) out (laughs) when all of us, man, we'd be rich. But (laughs) when it comes to people, perfection is impossible. So how do you encourage moms to hang in there when they feel like they have failed or that they're not getting through to their daughter?
1: So I would say there are three points there. Number one is that, yes, she is your daughter, but she is God's child first. Mm -hmm. And he is stewarding her to you. So, to remember that God does not lose one from the fold, and nothing you can do, well intentioned or not, is going to change the course of this child's future. So, number one, realize that you cannot, and and, and God can work in spite of ourselves sometimes. Praise the Lord for that, Mm -hmm. because I know I've already, I would have already sent my own three year old son, you know, very early on, would have been on the wrong path, but. In spite of me, God has allowed my efforts to to prove fruitful. And um, again, that's entirely his his bidding and um, well intentioned or not. I have made mistakes and um, we have all made mistakes. And so that brings me to point number two, which is praise the Lord. We do not have to be perfect. And the moment we let that fall is the moment where we can finally model what the gospel actually means to our daughter. There is this theme in education now where they're realizing that if you tell someone something Is going to go straight out the window. Mm -hmm. But if you show them, right, they're watching. They Mm -hmm. always want to see what you actually live out. And so as a mom, when you make a mistake, what a blessing it is to say, I'm sorry, or I was wrong, or please forgive me. Mm -hmm. Because what that does is it's showing that she doesn't have to have it all together because if we did, we wouldn't need the sacrifice of Jesus to take us, you know, to bring us to where we are. And so ultimately we can't be perfect. And so you can take that hat off. (laughs) You can breathe knowing that in spite of your, your best or worst intentions, God's got her in the palm of his hand and he has a beautiful life plan for her. Mm. But even more so whenever you make a mistake, allowing again, that veil of transparency that so that she can see you. I, I mean, I think how many times have I ever said to my son, I'm sorry, that was my fault, hmm. right? There's almost this imaginary block that keeps us from, we have to be the strong ones. Whereas if we allow that strength to kind of fade we can say, Hey, this was my intention. I think I got it wrong here. I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? Yeah. Because what is that going to teach her to be able to do? Yeah. Right. She's going to be able to acknowledge that she doesn't have to be perfect either, right. that she doesn't have to have all the answers that she can seek outside of herself. And so as a, a teen mom, you can become more of a facilitator of the gospel and the facilitator of learning as opposed to the source of all knowledge mm, yeah. and the source of all answers, yeah. because you are not that, you are not God and, and you don't need to be wearing that hat or you're going to drive yourself into a wall. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, while I wish there was a one-stop shop to solve the issues of, she brings home a boyfriend that you do not approve of, or, um, or she's starting to have unhealthy eating habits, or she's having crippling anxiety and and frustration. The good news is again, as a facilitator of learning and a facilitator of the gospel, you, you need to show that you sometimes need to reach outside of yourself for help. Mm. And so, um, it is, is, never a bad idea to hire a coach. It's never a bad idea to hire a counselor. It's never a bad idea to have, um, a youth leader or a youth minister in place who can speak into those situations more specifically and really kind of walk you through the decision-making process. Because even though I wish there was a one answer that's going to apply to all young women everywhere, it's simply not. And so yeah. what a coach or a counselor can then therefore do, is um, is ask imprompt questions to get to the heart of what's really causing your own angst about the situation. And then you can therefore make the right decision based on how um, you and your daughter and your husband and ultimately the Lord and the Holy Spirit guide you and go with confidence until you hit a wall and then regroup and try again. Mm,
0: that's good. Well, You sound like a great option as a family coach. So how could parents connect with you and find out more about Dream Set Achieve?
1: Oh, I'd love for them to join the Dream Set Achieve family. We have an amazing community online. We're predominantly um, entirely on Facebook, Instagram, and my website, which is dream-set-achieve.teachable.com. Okay. And so that is the the primary way that you can find us. You can also find our Facebook group, which is filled with a lot of incredible moms who I have gleaned a lot of helpful information from and, and thankfully I'm, I'm throwing resources all day long, um, and different polls and different cues. Cause I just want to stay relevant mm-hmm. to what's currently going on. And, and so, um, you can certainly find our Facebook page by searching dream set, achieve coach. And by doing those two things, you can access a wealth of knowledge as far as research goes, and um, e courses designated towards a lot of basic life skills as well as how to navigate tough topics, as we mentioned earlier. And ultimately, joining our email list would be the best way to um, get a hold of me. I'm available at any time, and um, certainly do one-on-one coaching sessions. And um, but I would encourage you just to check it out and see if this would be a plausible and helpful tool for your family. Again, I'm just a tool. Ultimately, it is it is on you, mom, and in. It, but um, I'm here to encourage you along the way.
0: That's awesome! Great work. Keep it up. So, well, <laughs> one you. thing I, I want to land on, uh, if you have any final encouragement or advice, but th- I want to re-emphasize one thing that you've mentioned a couple times is, as parents, we often have dreams for our kids that uh, will will project onto them, and then we'll feel like a success or a failure if they meet our dreams. And what you are encouraging and emphasizing is help your daughter discover God's dream for her together.
1: Yes. And recognize your role is in the process yes. of that. dream.
0: That is so good.
1: Her. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, let's wrap up with a final piece of advice or encouragement that you have for our listeners.
1: Absolutely. So my favorite parenting Bible verse is quite different than the traditional. Mm -hmm. I think it is from Proverbs and it says that a clean barn has no oxen in it, but a strong ox is necessary for a large harvest. And Mm -hmm. so what am I talking about here? Parenting is messy Mm -hmm. and got to embrace the mess. So I remember my first, um, my first acknowledgement as, um, a young mom to a, a child we were about to bring home from South Korea, our own son, she said the, the way to stay content and sane in this life stage is to embrace the mess and embrace the chaos. And what's funny is I think that's still very applicable today. That may have been a very physical mess in the beginning, but now you're getting to just the emotional and spiritual and relational mess of teenage adolescence. And so embrace the chaos if it were clean it means that there's no fruit coming right. um, and so if you just get in uh, like up to your neck in all of the chaos I promise the Lord is going to bless that with a strong and large harvest if you are willing to get into the to the dirt right alongside your daughter and I have faith that he chose exactly the right person for the job because he has never once made a mistake and he made no mistake choosing you
0: uh, parents you hear that that's good that is really good <laughs> And if you need to buy an oxen, you know, it sounds like the Bible (laughs) Bible encourages that. No, I have never heard that scripture used to encourage parents, but you nailed it. So way to go. That was really, really good. Amanda, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I can't wait to share this with our listeners. Let me say a prayer as we wrap this up.
1: Please do. Thank you.
0: Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for this conversation. And I pray that parents, specifically moms, would be reminded and encouraged and inspired Uh, of the role that you have given them, the privilege, the honor, the gift, to partner with you in uh, helping their daughters raise godly women who uh, dream the dreams that you give them, and then put some structure in place and set goals and work together to accomplish this to the glory of God because that's really what it's all about. So I pray that you would uh, raise up families who bring about the kingdom of God in their homes and then raise families who bring the kingdom of God in their lives uh, as they grow up. So thank you for this time together. It's been great. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Parent on parents, you got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest you, visit foresthill.org.